Hi, this is Smart Franchising with FranSmart. In this podcast, you'll learn from top industry executives everything you need to know about the franchising industry. You'll get advice from CEOs, chief operating officers, franchisors, franchisees, and many other industry executives. Everyone can benefit from the advice of these leading experts in the franchising field. In today's episode, you'll hear from Dan Rowe, CEO of FranSmart, as he speaks with Scott Goodrich, the former COO of Five Guys Burgers and Fries. FranSmart has worked with a financial advisor to create a financial model that franchisors and franchisees can use to map out their success. Hear about it from Dan and Scott. Hey, Scott, have you seen the Smart Franchise Franchisor Financial Plan? What do you think of that? Yeah, I have. I think it's super detailed and it's very accurate. And the, the whole idea of franchising is what that investment's going to take in order to grow the business and then also what the returns are going to be. So it, it, it kind of appears like it's a, a cost up front, but in fact, it's an investment. So if you really think about one, one, one location that's franchised that does a million dollars a year in revenue and you're taking 5% in royalty, that actually is a over the lifetime of a 10-year uh, agreement, that's a $500,000 return uh, on that investment. And then think about multiple franchisees, like multiple units on franchisees. If you have two or three of those, you're looking at a million, a million uh, five, on and on and on. And so it grows. So what I, what I like about the uh, model um, is that it, it clearly explains that to the franchisor that you've got franchisees that are actually investing in the business and that's what's exponentially going to grow um, over the course of time um, in terms of revenue back to the franchisor. Yeah, I mean, you think about it, a franchisee basically prepays a franchisor to come in their system. They're paying big upfront franchise fees, franchisees paying to secure a lease, paying to build the franchise, they have to send the people for training. They have to personally guarantee leases. They basically do all this stuff. Franchisors don't have any investment in that. They have to basically have the investment in the systems and the infrastructure. But yeah, I mean, a franchisee who opens up, you know, a store, pays a franchisor $100,000 a year, $50,000 a year, whatever it is, times 10 years, it's 500 grand or it's a million dollars. But if that franchisee has five units, I mean, that's five times as much money for the same effort. So we, we basically created this model, and in hindsight, I wish every franchisor I ever worked with used this from the onset. I wish that they used this from the very beginning as their sort of true north to what they were trying to build. And then they would understand better that all the money that they're spending is an investment, it's not a cost. And it's an investment in building this great big system that's going to wind up having compounded growth. Someday they can sell for a ton of money. Well, I agree with all of that. And I think that new brands that have one location or 10 locations or 20, they probably, those owners or the uh, franchisors, they don't understand what it's really gonna take to support that. So this clearly puts out in front of them, hey, here's the financial model, how it's gonna work. You're gonna have to invest in these type of people, this type of resources, this type of technology in order to expand this thing. But here is what the return looks like after two to three to five or 10 years down the road. Yeah, I think a perfect franchisor has over 500 franchise units with like less than 50 franchisees. So let's take the five guys, right? You've seen that first, firsthand. You saw how successful that company grew. 
franchising, it, it's worth it. It's worth the investment for the franchisor. What's Five Guys now? 1,500 units worldwide? It is. 1,500 units in the North America alone. Oh, wow. Yeah, so they've, they've grown exponentially. But I look back at that. Um, I started with five guys with 20 stores, probably. And I stayed with them for about 10 years. And we grew it to over 1,000 during my time there. We were opening 20 restaurants a month and scaling it. We were scaling that, which is like, it's, when you think about it, it's crazy. But it can be done, but you have to have the infrastructure. And I think Jerry Morrell, the founder of Five Guys, knew that. So he went out and found a bunch of talented people um, and got them in place so that they knew they, they could keep up with that kind of growth. And that's the same idea around that uh, smart franchising model um, that you can look at that and say, okay, I'm going to invest here in these people and this organization and this technology and everything else I have to do in order to scale. Franchisors almost don't see the big idea because they're so um, involved in day-to-day -day operations, which is a good thing, but they, they do need to like open up and look at like the big picture because you can be a national brand even though you only have five stores in like Albuquerque or somewhere. You, it, it could be a national brand. You just got to plan it. Every chain started with one. Everything was training. So if you're a franchisor, um, you become a training company. You're gonna train, train, train. You're gonna train up front. You're gonna train in, uh, uh, out in the field. And so you have to realize that you're gonna be a training company and you have to build that support so you constantly have um, support in those restaurants that need support. If there was one or two things that Five Guys did to be as successful as they are, is there, you know, in the world of success leads clues, is there something that they did that we can share with other franchisors? Is there some advice that you, that you give franchisors that they should follow if they want the same results as Five Guys? Yeah, number one, uh, the Morrell family hired um, field support to make sure that every unit was profitable. So it was all built on unit level, level profitability. And they knew that was gonna be important. You can't, it wasn't okay for the Morrell family that you had a store not being profitable. So they had the idea that the, the goal was that every store was gonna be profitable. And so that was the responsibility of the, at that time of uh, franchise business consultants or district managers. And that's what they hired me to do, is go out and take 13 or 15 locations and make sure that they're doing everything correctly, first of all, and executing on the brand, but also making sure they're profitable. Yeah, because a profitable franchisee continues building. Any franchise that's growing rapidly, it's because unit level profitability is there. We came up with this model because a lot of franchisees that I see sign up for great big territories without having a financial model or without having a plan. And we wanted to show them a plan from the onset where they can reinvest profits into something that would scale up. How do you think that this would have affected franchisees that you work with in the past and how good of a tool do you think that this will be for new franchisees plotting their success? Well, it's a great question. And I think looking back at the five guys model, um, what really made it explode was the fact that each unit was profitable and they used that cash to, uh, to, um, to build the next restaurant. So the cash flow um, off a of first location helped them get the SBA loan to do the second one. And it snowballs, like it continues to grow and grow and grow until now you, you're, you're not only cash flow positive, but you're building restaurants without having to get loans.
And when you look at the franchisee model, it clearly puts in front of the franchisee what it's going to look like from store one to store 10 and how profitable they can be when they get to that point. And then they get the second bite at the apple. If they, you know, if you're putting up money to build the first two, three, four stores, and then those fund you to 10 or whatever the number is, at some point, first of all, you're making more profit along the way. So you're just making way more Mm -hmm. compounded returns. And then you get another bite at the apple by selling the business. You sell the company for all 10 or 15 units when you really only funded the first few. Right. So that, yeah. that that's really the plan is that we want to give somebody the day that they sign up for the franchise, get them thinking about this model. We want them all in on the success of their franchising and, and franchises and keep focusing on the unit economics and execution and driving as much top line and bottom line and keep growing because at some point they're going to sell the business. That's that that's how you generate a lot of wealth is you basically build a business, take a little bit of money, snowball it into something big and then sell it. And at one time you get a great big, uh, great big check. Well, I think the model clearly puts that together for the franchisee. It shows like how you can build wealth over a period of five or 10 years, right? You're, you're paying off the loan on the first two or three, you're building the new stores with cash. You're also building uh, uh, the, the, the wealth in your company um, through having a successful business and then you get into the multiples of EBITDA and everything else that shows actually what the company will be worth over a five or 10 year period. Give some advice to some new franchisees. Everything that you know about a successful franchisee and the unsuccessful franchisees, we're talking people planning right now, okay? We're talking about building the team. If you're starting out with the idea that you wanna open up, you're gonna sign up for five units because that's all the cash you have but you really want to grow it to 10 or you really want to grow it to 20 and then sell the business someday. In the beginning, this is just my opinion. I think a franchisee should not only hire a manager and a kitchen manager. I think that they should hire a director of operations who's opened up at least three or four stores in their past because opening up a store is nuts. A GM who's opened up at least a couple stores and promoted a couple managers and a kitchen manager that's also either been part of turnarounds or he's opened up new stores. But I want to see I want to see a franchisee starting out from the get-go with like three key people because it gives a little bit of redundancy in case one of these people, you know, is no longer there. Um, but it gives you extra bandwidth so that all the new customers coming in get a much, much, much better experience on the first store. So higher sales, I think you're going to make more than enough money to offset the extra cost of these people. Plus you're incubating your team for units two, three, four, five. But give me your thoughts on that. Like, like if you were going to give advice to a new franchisee, how would you how would you tell them to staff up from the from the get go? Well, first of all, the, I learned the most in in, in my uh, twenty years in the restaurant industry. I, I learned the most opening restaurants. So you make a very good point. You want to hire people that have opened restaurants, open them from scratch, and um, that that's why I know every single centimeter of a restaurant, everything that's going on is because I opened a bunch of them. Um, I, I would tell a franchisee owner to hire a director of operations and get into uh, make sure that part of their compensation had to do with the profitability of the entire system that they want to build. So now you have ownership in management. And I would hire that director of operations be, uh, for the first store, first location. Is it more expensive? Yes. 
but it's an investment. It's an investment in the idea that you want to grow from one to five to 10, whatever that number is. But if, if you're going to, if you're trying to be a multi-unit operator as a franchisee owner, then you need to hire your director of operations from the get-go. And they open that restaurant, they go through the training, they know every, every aspect of what the concept is, and therefore they can help grow. Um, that director of operations will stay in place over a five or 10 year period. You can only imagine the wealth of knowledge and impact that they're gonna make because they know the brand inside and out and they know from the get-go how to open one. And let the director of operations hire his people. Right? Hold him accountable to that, but let him hire his people. It doesn't mean that you don't have a, uh, you don't have a say in what that, uh, what that profile looks like or what that experience is, but it's all about accountability at that point. And the director of operations will hire good GMs because the director of operations is getting part of the profit overall, and they're going to make sure that they have the very best GMs in there. Yeah. So I'm all about profit sharing. I, I don't want to maybe overstate that it could be you can work that out but if if i were to tell you you can make a hundred thousand dollars more a year by having better people what, what would you be willing to give back Ten thousand. Yeah. if i had to give any advice back to myself early on in my career it would have been paying my people not only paying them more but paying them more for the results i was trying to get right so i would be aligning their compensation to exactly the goals that I was trying to get. So in a case where a franchisee is trying to, he can only afford three or five restaurants, but he really wants to build 20 and have a huge liquidity event. If it were me, I would pay the horses that were helping me win that race. I would pay them handsomely to get me there because I'm going to wind up getting a liquidity event. I can't afford on my own and I can't do by myself. And you know, that's just one of the, you know, it's, it's one bit of advice I would have, I would have given myself and every single franchisee that I've ever worked with is hire better, offer more, pay more, but pay, pay for results and, and pay, pay aligned compensation. But what do you think about that? How would that have changed any franchisees that you can think about uh, in your past? Um, the most successful franchisees that I've ever worked with in any brand, they had a component that they shared profit with the management team. The, the top line sales, there were the, and there's some parameters around that, right? So there are some costs like labor, uh, controllables uh, uh, that, that have something to do with that overall um, bonus. But a quarterly bonus based on top line sales is really what you want to do in the restaurant world because it makes everyone, it makes the managers and leadership team of that location or the director of operations in a multi-unit environment focus on top line sales. I, I think it's far more easy to get your controllables in line. The most difficult thing is to get your top line sales in line. And so to bonus them on that is absolutely uh, something that I learned. I didn't know it going in, but after a couple of years into the franchise world, I realized that that has to be part of the, a component. Because that, the most successful franchisees do that yeah, across the board. Thanks, Dan and Scott. That was very informative. We learned everything from aligned compensation to scaling a business, unit profitability, and hiring a team. Stacking your team from the beginning of your franchise in order to get a better end result and to scale your business quickly. Join us next month when we talk about more of your favorite topics in the franchising industry.
Franchising is a business of systems. Follow the system and you'll be successful. Franchising only works when you get wealthy by helping others get wealthy. It really is worth it. That's the Fran Smart way.